inside They think I was great But I just go away But I'm not Cause I got A lot of shit to say
Hey, and welcome to the Weekly Review with Roman. I am uh, joined here by Lynn Breedlove. Lynn, thanks for being here. Hey, what's up? Hey. Um, so we start off the show playing um, some of the music that you have created over the, the past couple decades, few decades. And yeah, thanks for being here. And for folks who, who don't know, you were in Tribe 8. It was a really seminal band. Influenced a lot of people. And yep. you're in the homobiles now. I don't know if I influenced anyone for the better, or we did, but uh, we definitely <laughs> were out there spewing and spouting. <laughs> I think it's super important to have queer artists out there, and I'm grateful. So thank you for being here. Thanks for having and me. And for all that you do. And you have a new book that's out. Yes. And we have, it's also super casual, so we can talk about anything you'd like. So oh, cool. it's not quite like a Charlie Rose type program where I prepare index cards ahead of time. Oh, it's darn. very much like, yeah, what's going on? What do you feel like talking about? <laughs> what do you feel like sharing? Sometimes it's a little bit more prepared than not. I have to admit, today I'm a little bit not. Uh, that's okay, though. That's uh, it's totally been, fine. It's been one of those. I was in New York uh, recently, and... I'm still, I think, a little bit of jet lag and <sighs> transitions to a new world and geographic space. It's yes. Challenging. Yes, indeed. And coming back to the Bay. You don't think it is because technology and planes, trains, but it is still weird. Yeah. Yeah. And I was off last week, so just getting back into the studio. We were and just also talking about physical bodies and how, like, the physical bodies are. We're here. We move a little slower than planes and internets and all the other ways that we can appear to show up. That's like, true. I am just arriving now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, hopefully by the end of the program, I will be here. And, and I mean, I'm here in, in some ways. I'm here. Yeah. You look here. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks. I, I can vouch for you. I appreciate I that. <laughs> As I was rushing in. Goodness. Goodness. Ooh. <sighs> yes. I like your shirt. Yeah, I was hoping I wouldn't have to ever fucking wear it again. For the listeners out there, I'm wearing a free Chelsea Manning shirt. And then, you know, had it for, you know, years ago. And then she was released, and it was great. And I was like, oh, great, I can, like, retire this shirt. And it's so rare that one has a political shirt where you can, oh, great, I don't have to, like, fight for this cause anymore. Or, like, this can somehow be retired. And now she's back. She's in prison um, because, yeah. So in solitary confinement, so I was like, oh, I guess I'm. I will put the shirt back on. What happened? She was refusing to testify. Oh. So there's more information. I don't know the full story about it, but she was refusing to to testify. I think it's to protect journalists. That kind mm-hmm. of and WikiLeaks and all that information. So I think when she was pardoned, it wasn't like a full pardon, and that's why they were able to arrest her again. I don't know the full story. Oh, uh, it was a conditional pardon. Yeah. So she was like, oh, vacation. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Talk about dedication. To yeah. Cause. Definitely. I uh, takes a specific kind of, you know, it takes a character that's kind of rare. Yeah. These days. You know, who can take that? Who can be in like solitary confi- confinement for some kind of cause? I mean, yeah. Ugh, I'm like, what do you want brutal. me to say? Okay. <laughs> no, I hear that. Get me out of here. I need to see this guy. They don't, I mean, they don't make it easy by any means, Mm-mm. I think, on, on any of us. And then particularly if you stand up against the status quo or speak the truth, then one gets targeted and it's, 
Ugh. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. It, it's very, it feels really palpable right now. I mean, I was just saying some insurrectionist shit the other day, and my girl looked at me and was like, shh, that's where we're at right now. We look at the phone on the table and yeah. we're like, oh, they're listening. And that was what my mom came up in. She was raised in Nazi Germany. Yeah. Then she, you know, all of a sudden she was in communist Germany because the way they divided the country. And then uh, me and my dad and her went back to East Germany because one of her classmates had asked her to come meet them. Mm-hmm. And... We went and met them in an East Berlin restaurant. The entire staff stood in the corner for about a half an hour and looked at us. It was completely empty. There was no one in there. But they had no reason to come running over and help us because there was no tipping, because there was no capitalism. So there was no... My dad was pointing that out as a social studies and economics teacher. He was like, "Mm -hmm, see that? And then there... We had just left West Berlin where it was like a color movie to a black and white movie where there was like people shopping and running around and queers and everything. Oh, my God. Then there was like one guy with a wheelbarrow out the window that I saw walking down the street. It was so weird. And my mom started to go like, well, what did you want to talk to us about? Mm -hmm. And she was like, shh, the walls have ears. And I was like, wow. We had to go. In our rental car, which I remember still, it was an Opal Cadet, and roll up the windows, it was like 100 degree heat, in order for them to have the conversation, which was to ask my mom and dad to buy them out of East Germany. And the only way that you could do that was $50,000. You'd have to leave your house and all your belongings behind, and you could leave with clothes on your back, if an American with American dollars bought you. Wow. And they were like, we don't have $50,000. Sorry. Um, But that all came rushing back to me when my girlfriend, who's like a genius, like revolutionary Mm -hmm. activist, was like, you can't just say that. Even in this private home right here, right now, you can't say these things. Yeah. It's dangerous. And I was like, oh my God, we're under fascism. Yeah, we really are. We're under a dictator, and you know, for a while I said that, and I, people, ah, nah, yeah. Even my mom would be like, "Don't say fascism. You don't even know what fascism is." And she just died a few years ago, and I think that she would be like, in one of these poems, one of the lines is, "I think that now she would be like, okay, this is fascism. Yeah, this is no joke. Yeah." And so I wonder, you know, when this book came out a couple of days ago, it's called Forty Five Thought Crimes. Am I being foolish to say what I think? Mm. You know, to to attack my government in print or on this radio show. Is that a dumb idea? Am I going to be like Chelsea Manning? I hope not. Yeah, I was raised in her amniotic fluid, having been raised in Nazi Germany, then under communism, then mm-hmm. being in America and memorizing the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, and you have to recite that in order to become a citizen. Mm-hmm. While I was... In her amniotic fluid, all that was happening. And so when I came out, I was like, I live Mm. in America where I can say whatever I fucking want, pal. And I'm going to fucking say it. And now I'm like, oh, shit. Is that what it still means? (sighs) Or what? Where are we at? What's going on? And do we just keep showing up? Yeah. I mean, we have to show up. Just keep talking. Yeah. I had the flashback to the uh, Know Your Rights by The Clash, where mm-hmm. you have freedom freedom of speech, but you're uh, something, something, you're not, have to, uh, unless you're dumb enough to actually try it, 
that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's a lot of that. However, it's like we have to. And if not, then if we don't speak the truth, then what's the point, really? Aren't right. we just submitting to what's happening and what continues to happen? Yeah. And it's it's scary. And yeah. it's also the very least. I mean, I feel like I'm constantly not doing enough really with everything that's happening and that, and also has been happening of course it's there's been a build up to this throughout generations in this country and i think now just so much more of it's uh it's more overt with their actions yeah they <sighs> are as as debbie once said oh. emboldened oh. to rear oh. their ugly heads but hey you know what it's yeah it's been there the whole fucking time and sometimes yeah. they're louder and sometimes they're not as loud but when you have when you have a bully in the leadership position Mm -hmm. all the other bullies are like well good yeah we're good to go less work for them yeah (laughs) we can say anything we want do anything we want yeah um yeah it's deep well i was just thinking this morning about uh, Patrick Henry, who said, give me liberty or give me death. Well, yeah. he's dead now, A, and B, <laughs> he was a slaver. You know, they all were, the founding fathers. You know, that was that was a world that they created mm-hmm. and lived under. Whether or not they even agreed with it, they still kind of, you know, they were using it. Yeah. So this country is, like, built on a lot of words. He did not sign off to ratify the Constitution, that mm. guy. Uh, which has kind of stained his, you know, image. And uh, I think it's up to us to make all those words actually mean something now, yes. 250 years later. Yeah. Like, it that was a document. It was a, a hope and a dream. It wasn't a reality. You know, not everybody actually got to have liberty. Of course. Yeah, you know, a few guys that own some land got to have it, so it's uh, up to up. Uh, but they did build into it, build into it to their credit, this flexibility, this mutability mm-hmm. that that uh, that was created to change mm-hmm. and amendments and all this stuff. So here we are. We're in the. We're it's a living, breathing document, and right now I feel like they're using it to wipe their ass. Yeah, and we got to fucking wrest it away from them and like say no. Actually, we're going to use these rules of law to create the world that I think was meant to be created with that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, if those guys ever envisioned all this bullshit happening all this time later, or if the people that were really like indentured servants and enslaved mm-hmm. and like being brought here against their will, people whose land was being taken, people yeah. who were being killed. If any of those folks ever thought, oh, this is going to change into something that's going to help us someday mm-hmm. and our children. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Let's keep making art. Keep making music. Yeah. You know, this book is about bring whatever your gifts are. Maybe your gifts are activism. Maybe your gifts are being in a band. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, it's solving homelessness one apartment at a time. Yeah. Uh, but whatever it is, now is the moment. Yeah. To do uh, it. I, one, one thing I feel like that I'm coming up against, and other folks I know as well, is that the burnout, yeah. whether it's, you know, through years and for things that happened, of course, before 2016 or just 
having spent so much time and energy either merely just wanting to exist in this world and getting a lot of pushback from that in various ways mm-hmm. um, or going to a number of rallies and protests and that burn out from that and or abuse from the state in whatever form and having to kind of show up time and time again and feeling oh, I'm still recovering from that one experience I had a few years ago. And it's like, how does one really repair oneself to continue fighting? And I guess it goes into what you're saying about how there's a lot of different ways to show up. And I feel like that's just something that's, with all the news that, all the different things that are happening, and it feels like there's so many different, everything is connected, and at the same time, there's so many different battles to fight. Mm-hmm. So whether it's the folks being uh, deported, whether it's... Uh, folks who are incarcerated and that's of course connected folks here without homes um, yeah. people being evicted people without food people without health care like there, there's so many attacks that are occurring it can feel difficult to know what to focus on and where to put one's energy well that yeah. this book is actually about how to do that it's mm-hmm. how to live your life in a political crisis Ooh. um and the personal is political yes is yes. A, you know a phrase that came up in the 70s and um, I mean, I fell in love, and then this asshole got quote elected unquote, and so we were like, "Well, what do we do?" Yeah, you know, Nazis were like, "We're coming to town, motherfuckers. What are you gonna do?" Yeah, and we we're yeah. like, "Yeah, what do we do? Do we wear a helmet, bring a baseball bat, mm-hmm. and we hide under the bed? Well, all we got's our brains. What are we gonna bring?" And um, and then we watched Boston came out. Yeah in droves Mm -hmm. and they were just like no 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 you're not doing this Mm -hmm. and then we came out in san francisco we came out in berkeley Berkeley, and we just we realized it's a network we're a network of support we are all connected to each other when we when i feel strong enough to come out i'll come out and when you feel strong enough to come Mm -hmm. out you'll come out we're going to take turns we're going to help each other you're going to call me when i feel down and need to hide under Mm -hmm. bed you know we are going to work together and you can't rev at 200 RPMs all the time. Yeah, yeah. You got to stop. You got to park the car and like chill. Yeah. So, and how do you do that? What do you do? You have a personal life. You have love. You have a spiritual life. Mm-hmm. You eat right. You sleep. You do self-care. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot, what a lot of us as activists and artists do is just push ourselves a ridiculous amount. We yeah. overgive and then, yeah, then there's burnout and then there's nothing left to give. Right, right. So if you're not doing self-care, you're not going to be able to do a sustainable amount of showing up mm-hmm. for your community, yeah. for your planet. Yep, that's very true. That's first things first. Yeah. So go ahead, fall in love. Be in a band. Jump yeah. around. Go to shows. Yeah. You know, yeah. support your friends and their art. Yes. Hanging up in galleries and yes. stuff. Say, yay you. Yeah. Good job, bud. Can I buy your, your piece of art? You know? Anyway. Yeah. Would you like to read any? Yeah, let me see if I got, I got something here. It's actually about... Uh, here's one. I... I you know, I run Homemobiles Square Ride Service. Oh yeah, Homemobiles! Yeah. Yay! I've yeah, big fan of Homemobiles. And there was a guy that I picked up through parties regularly, and uh, this is about our conversation. It's called Catalyst. The next right thing, as I told the young gay in my back seat on his way to plan a sex party, where quote everyone will get so obliterated on ecstasy and ketamine they won't even know what they want at 3 a.m and that's when the party really starts unquote is 
start a band, fall in love, hit the streets. That's where the action is. There will always be those drawn to oblivion as jackboots approach. There's a measure of autonomy in hastening the end, to change the rate but not the result, as in chemistry, the causing or accelerating of a chemical change by the addition of a catalyst. Some will soldier, command, or obey, do all this, and make something beautiful or ugly out of life, but make something, for as you do, it makes you. I mean, I'm clean and sober. For like 29 years, but you know, a lot of my job is taking people to parties or taking people home that are obliterated. They're, you know, and my job is to get them home safely. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I have done a lot of work to prepare myself to be able to, to be able to detach with love from mm-hmm. people who are, you know, whatever choices they're making. It's right. none of my business. My business is to show up, be yeah. service, and be helpful. So, um, you know, it was really great. We used to do a lot more of that back in the day. Now we mostly transport uh, trans people to and from doctor's appointments. Mm-hmm. We get grants for that and stuff, but we still take people around here and there. It's mostly on a pre-book basis, but then it would be like somebody would call, be like, "My friends like passed out in the corner. Can you help?" And we'll be like, mm-hmm. "Well, if they can walk to the automobile, they can get in on their own accord. Mm-hmm. Yes, but otherwise, you're gonna want to let let them sit there and drink water for a while." Yeah, you know what I mean. So it was really good to learn about boundaries and how yeah. to show up without judgment and to teach other people who didn't have what I would call spiritual training that I had. How to do that. Yeah. And how to show up sweetly. Yeah. I feel like every person has their own story and their own boundaries and their own experience and comfort level with what they need or what they want. So it also must be with a, with a case by case scenario, just different every, every time. Right. Well, also just understanding like what you're discussing about like personal pain, mm-hmm. like everyone deals with that differently. And I did for years. That's yeah. why I'm clean and sober now. Yeah. I had to annihilate for like 15 years yeah. because like a lot of trans people are like, this is just too weird and too hard. Yeah. I cannot deal. Yeah. I need to numb out or leave my body. Yeah. It's alien territory. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know, I did that as I drank a lot and smoked pot, like just so much where I, I have some sense, like I've definitely lost a lot of memories where I just was so, needing to escape or not deal with what was happening that I just turned to a substance to, to get through. And I don't begrudge myself because at the time those are the tools I had probably saved your life to get through. And at the same time there, I think I have a sense of, there's a sense of grief for life that I missed out on because I couldn't quite be as present as I would have liked. And even though I'm over over two years sober right now, it's still, I I'm wondering where some of those memories are and Mm -hmm. it's taking me some time to catch up. I think, Right. I, yeah. I mean, I, this, my first book, Godspeed, was kind of a, a love letter to an ex. Mm-hmm. Drugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was like, I love you and I glamorize you and I romanticize our relationship. And yet, you know what? It's really good that we're done. Yeah. And I learned a lot. Yes. I fucking learned being out there 
stuff that I could have never learned in what the alternative path was, which was law school. I was supposed to go to law school. Oh, wow. I was like, no, I learned way more being high than I ever would have learned in some ivory tower. Mm-hmm. And it was just one of the infinite paths that I could have taken. I ended up on that one, and that one was good. Yeah. I would, I would not be here with this book right now if I hadn't gone down that road. Yes. Yeah. And I love this road. I love my community. I love all my dead friends. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's another topic we don't necessarily have to, to go to, but just how many folks that we, you know, as, as queer folks we've lost and trans folks we've lost throughout the years who should, you know, be here. And then, like, how do we move on with with that? I think that was really difficult for me was mourning and going through the, the the grieving process with especially in around 2016 seeing these horrible men arise you know even more horrible men arise into power and then knowing that there are other folks who are no longer here if that makes sense like that mm-hmm. kind of dichotomy of why are these people who caused so much harm still alive and people who gave so much love and joy to the world they're no longer here and trying to reconcile that well my particular view of the world is such that we're having a tactile experience right now, you and me. But, you know, like these energies are going to always be here. It's ebb and flow. It's like the waves on the ocean. It's like, it's fine. There's always going to be assholes. There's always going to be killers and haters and evil bastards. And that's fine. And there's always going to be lovers and queers and revolutionaries and poets. And they're not going to be able to kill us. And we're not going to be able to kill them. We're just here to be like, you know, electrons and protons and like an interaction. And then stuff happens. And from that, we get to learn. Yeah. And we can never learn the things that we get to learn while here in physical bodies Mm -hmm. on this planet. You know, Um, here's a poem. The first poem. Uh, It's called... uh, In camps, even atheists pray. All that is, please guide us out of this darkness. In this moment, crying. In this moment, sure. Lapping, bucking, eating, replicating plates served by mothers. Channeling Taurus full moon and dead moms and live dads. Grounded, forward, going, get out of jail, free. Avoid jail entirely. Make it happen, magic and glamour, money, fashion, shine, charm. Build it, action. True love always. Bring Mandelas, Mumias, Panthers, and Kings. Bring Peltiers and Black Elks and Lame Deers. Bring Maya Angelou all aglow. And now she says, bring your ancestors with you into the room. Mm-hmm. And what will be read is power, charisma. All the angels, all the stars, all the ghosts of Sophie Scholl, the White Rose von Stauffenberg, Anne Frank, and Marlena. All the nameless who gave a crust of bread to someone who wasn't going to live anyway. All the retro planets saying, save your energy till late in the game and then slingshot it through the eye of despots. Blow everything sky high at once. Take out killers with our high-powered books and subcultural standards of beauty good looks. And if you're lucky, just keep reloading, picking off evil. Keep them in your sights crosshairs the only cross you pray to or bear leave behind a trail of stars to x marks the spot 
to treasure, to hearts, to explosions of light, to true love coming in your fist, to high as a kite in your arms, to crying over the loss of all humans, all the queers and trans, women and children, beasts in sky and water, and last but not least, all the blue sky from the west down to the east. Blue, just how we see it from here, blow it all up. And it's a dream remembered by centuries of castles who look out at black starry skies and tell stories of what we learned there then on a green and blue rock far away once upon a time. Oh, it's very powerful. I kind of hesitated to be so vulnerable, like just to start out with that, because a lot of people have a lot of religious damage and are just like averse to any kind of spirituality. But mm-hmm. I think that if you're going to change something, you better find some way to, to connect Yes, with all that is, with the invisible, you know, with dark energy, dark matter, the stuff that holds the, inter- the whole universe together that you can't even see that they didn't even know was there until last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you better figure out a way to incorporate that yeah. if you want to call it science or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But you got to figure out a way to carry on right now. And to me, that way is have spiritual practice. And that means honor the people that came before that yeah. tried their hardest. Yes, yeah. Without whom we would not be here. What do they yeah. have in mind for us? Yeah. And what do they want for us? And well, if they could speak to you, mm-hmm. what would they say to you? And how would you answer them? That's the question right now. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh. It's not just about me, me, I, I. Yeah. You know, in this moment, where, where am I going to get a Phil's coffee and a sausage sandwich? I don't give a fuck. Oh, poor little piglet. I love piglets, but I got to have a sausage sound. You know, like, how are you going to integrate? That's what integrity is. Mm-hmm. Integrate everything right now. That's mm-hmm. what's being asked. And that's fucking weird and hard, especially when you're just looking at screens all day. Yeah. A screen is really, if you look at the definition of a screen, it's something that separates. We think it's something that connects us to other people. I think it separates us. It's a separator. Yeah. A screen's a separator. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? So how do we get off the grid? For a minute. Yeah. But I mean, but we can't get totally off the grid because then we're like, what's that Unabomber guy's name? Oh, Kaczynski. Ted Kaczynski. Kaczynski. Yeah. Out in a little cabin by yourself, losing your fucking mind. I mean, that's one way to go. But really, I want to be able to contact you and be like, oh, do you want me to come to the radio show? Yeah. Okay. I want to read a poem. Anyone's listening could hear? Okay, good. That requires a screen. Yeah. Okay, so, but use it with intention. You know? Yes, that's very important. Well, we could take a, another music break if that yeah, sounds good it. to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Oh, <sighs> yeah, I appreciate. And also, I wanted to just comment on the, you mentioned about being vulnerable, and I think if we all could be more vulnerable, what a more beautiful world it would be. I mean, I appreciate that so much in, in other folks when people allow their, their truths to come out and to be vulnerable. Seems counterintuitive. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. What else we got? Oh, let's see. Uh, Last Dance. Oh, that's actually Steph Joy's song. Okay. Um, Last Dance is about the Lusty Lady, which was oh, the yeah. only unionized strip joint right. ever. All right. Closed a few years back. All right, let's hear Last Dance. Last Dance. 
welcome back to Weekly Review. This is Roman, joined here by Lynn Breedlove. Some special effects there with the microphone stand, as always. <laughs> Thanks for being here. And you've been reading from your new book, 45 Thought Crimes. And, yeah, grateful for what you've been sharing so far. And we've been having a quite an intense conversation about a lot of different things. <laughs> <laughs> as we do. Yeah, as we do. As we do. Um, yeah, 45 thought crimes. Uh, I knew that I wanted 45 to be in there. It started out to be like... Mm, 45 poems about love and war. Mm-hmm. And then Jen Joseph, who runs Manic D Press, um, she was like what about 45 thought crimes? And I was like, Ooh, that's almost like what we were talking about at the beginning of like free Chelsea Manning. Yeah. It was almost too scary. I was like, I don't want to draw that much attention because I feel like really we're living in 1984 right now. Mm-hmm. We're living. Somebody just posted some meme about the cross section. Oh yeah. The four books were yeah. the handmaid's tale. Handmaid's and tale. Brave new world. Brave new world. 1984. 1984. 451. Yeah. Fahrenheit 451. And I was like, no, no, don't let that be the reality yet. Yeah. Or ever. The whole purpose of sci-fi, or any kind of writing, hopefully, is to be like, sure, a cautionary tale. Right, a But warning. also an affirmation. And what I loved about four, Fahrenheit 451 is that at the end, everyone's memorized a book and is walking around in the woods. Not, to, you know, sorry if that's a, uh, what do you call spoiler? But if you haven't <laughs> seen or read Fahrenheit 451 yet, Sorry, <laughs> you're bad. <laughs> but I love that that's the, what to do about it. Mm-hmm. It ends on a note of hope. Yes, yes. Unlike 1984, which is like, no, Oops. doesn't matter. Nothing yeah. you do is ever going to help. It's mm-hmm. over. Um, they'll steal your soul. Mm-hmm. But in Vonnegut's book, it's like, you can do something. Everyone pick one book, memorize it. And just walk around reciting it all mm. day and become that book mm-hmm. and become that reality, wow. become that hope. Yeah. So if that were, if you had to memorize one book, what book would you choose? Mm. Well, I know it's not very popular right now, but I read Huck Finn several times as a child and um, the thing is, is because the N word is spelled out many times in that book, um, it's banned in a lot of schools right now, which mm-hmm. is too bad because Mark Twain actually meant it as an abolitionist, uh, treatise. Mm-hmm. He was pointing out, look, this is clearly wrong. Here is a child who was raised under this system mm-hmm. who even he realizes there's something off here. And <clears throat> I thought it was quite brilliant. Um, and yeah, they everyone talks in the way that they talked at that time. Mm-hmm. And it's a snapshot of how fucked up it was. It could be a snapshot of how fucked up it could be again. Yeah. You know? But if you want to just erase that and be like, oh, we can't look at that because it's too gnarly. Okay. There's way gnarlier stuff. Mm-hmm. That we don't look at. Yeah. I never looked at. Um, a friend of mine actually was talking about how they uncovered a bunch of photographs that their p- 
parent or grandparent had of postcards and a, the, that person lived in the South and there were postcards of lynchings and people just partying down, having picnics. And that's a part of our history that's been very carefully removed. Mm-hmm. And that's a part that we need to continue to look at. Mm-hmm. We need to look at the fucked upness. Yeah, those folks didn't just go away. I mean, that's the thing. Is that oh, no. It's, oh, they now are in politics, or they're doctors, or they are landlords, and there are folks in positions of power, mm-hmm. and these folks and their kids have, and grandchildren have just stayed around. Yeah. And, and they're police officers, and so no on and so consequences. forth. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of intense, and it's like... I mean, one of the reasons that I wrote this book and, and I'm about to write another book about my mom's growing up in Nazi Germany and how that affected me um, is that if you don't remember and you don't look at it, you're doomed to repeat it again mm-hmm. and again. And that no matter how uncomfortable something is, especially if you're a person with privilege, That's that's really when you're you have to put your attention on a thing. Mm-hmm. You have to put your attention on how you're benefiting yeah. from the system. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, "Well, that was my great grandfather. I didn't have anything to do with that." No, dude. No, actually, you do continue to have something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and where? How can you be of service? Yeah, to those who don't have. Or not benefiting from right. the system. And how do you dismantle that system? Yeah. Yeah, how do we create something new? No, you, you don't get to just kick back and be like, I'm good. Uh-uh. Um, you were asking me to read something about oh, sure, my yeah. mom. Yeah. Uh, and she was not Jewish. So when she was born in 29, uh, they were in a deep recession. Mm-hmm. Um, and my grandmother was wheelbarrowing like thousand mark bills to the bakery to get a loaf of bread and paper money was just blowing off in the wind and nobody stopped to pick anything up because it was worthless. It was like a penny. Um, so, and that made it really easy for right wingers to step in and do as we're doing now. Find a scapegoat. Point to some, Oh, they're taking your jobs. You know, who was it at that time? Communists and Jews. Mm -hmm. Um, typewriter now is the time for all good men to come to the aid of their country my mother would type when testing a new typewriter why do you write that because it has almost all the letters she'd say or because she was always in a state of war having grown up in a holocaust I grew up believing that sentence was always true now is no time to gaze at your navel your dick or whatever shit list you make fresh every day to the exclusion of what is happening around you integrate integrate, cry empathize but stand the fuck up make music make art forgive whoever is in the way let go of bullshit acknowledge you fucked up change prioritize the real work or you'll have nothing but time to do the meaningless shit you've been putting first um this one's called 1939 Chemnitz Germany 
One day, my grandfather, who had a cannery and a new American car every year, whose parents had a deli, who promised his wife's parents to take care of her, who was a businessman, who had a young wife and a daughter, who did not have anything else to give, said, I could sign a government contract for rations for the Army to make so much more money. It would be a good business deal, but I'd have to join the Nazi party. My grandmother yelled few things. It got heated. Over my dead body, you'll get none of this. Make that money for yourself because I'm taking the child and leaving. Don't even think about it. Are you out of your old addled mind? My mom was pretty sure her parents were about to split up, but they didn't. He did what she said. She sat him straight. She never let him sell out. She reminded him of what is right and good and true and what selling out means and who you're selling out to and that the world is so much more than this little family. Their blood runs in my veins. The man who wants to do right, sometimes unclear, who finds the rock and she shows him what's right. The woman who sees truth and throws mandatory pictures of despots out the window and on to the street consequences be damned let our fierceness guide each other let us stand up to our beloveds let us stand for strangers let us be strong when it's not popular let us make our grandchildren proud let us change the dna of our descendants Hmm. wow wow i mean my mom told me so many stories that just really just images that just made it you know as if you're lucky, you have a parent that can talk about the gnarliness. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it was too gnarly, and like, yeah. they just cannot talk about it. Yeah. But my mom was enough removed, you know, that she could say, yeah, the Jewish kids disappeared, and I didn't know what happened, and they just said they moved. And I didn't know until years later mm-hmm. what really happened. Um, the... There's a book and a movie about the kinder transport mm-hmm. that was written by the daughter of my mom's classmate, which was like the last Jewish kid in her school mm-hmm. whose parents sent her to England mm-hmm. to be saved and whose parents were killed in the camps. So my mom contacted that person and was like, I knew your mom. Oh. So like everything oh. is... Everything is connected, yeah. or it can be, sure, if you're willing. Like yes. what you said, to be vulnerable, and like it was—I'm sure it was like really scary and shameful, yeah, to my mom. But she somehow just kept pushing through that. You know, she came to America because, like, America won. America was the land of the free, home of the brave. That's where the smiling guys were, and that's where the people who didn't kill Jews lived. I mean, and then, of course, she had to find out how much bullshit went on here. Right, right. As well, and she is the one that taught me, like, look, if you don't want to stand up during the Pledge of Allegiance, you do not have to, Mm -hmm. because we had to stand up and salute the swastika every morning Mm. and you know that was not good yeah so i don't believe in saluting any freaking flag yeah you should not trust your government absolutely at all i agree (laughs) yeah i mean what you're saying earlier um makes me must my grandfather came over from poland in the in the 20s and he left his brothers and parents there Mm. um he's jewish and never saw them again and was very hesitant to come over here but things were getting 
there were a lot, a lot of attacks. Even before World War II, there were a lot of attacks on, on Jewish folks in Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. And there still was that sense of... He was hesitant to come over here, and also, I never met him, but from what I've heard about him, there was still this... I mean, maybe there was a relief that he was here, I guess, and what I've heard from other folks as well, that coming over to America and things should be better here, but then never quite really recovering from that. And also never really quite talking about what he experienced. Like my mom didn't really understand until even more recently, I think everything he had been through because he just didn't really talk about it, which now I understand comes from a, if you've been through a lot of trauma, you might not want to share that or be able to share that. So I think about that quite a bit in terms of also with what's happening here. And I know folks who have decided to leave because it's, become unsafe for a lot of people and so that's something that's also been on the back of my mind in the back of my mind as well too when you know <sighs> this is i've had no intention of the show being as uh, heavy <laughs> as it has become <laughs> but that's just kind of like i mean we're talking about the yeah we're talking about these these time periods and how everything is connected and uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of fear and also talking about like epigenetics and how mm-hmm. you, you know you're talking earlier about what your mom has experienced and I think we definitely end up inheriting a lot of <sighs> what our ancestors went through and oh, yeah. it's it, it definitely informs how we behave and how we view the world yeah. and it's trying to reconcile that right. with what's happening now oh yeah I mean as soon as the day after the election, I was considering leaving the country because mm-hmm. I know, I know where this goes. Yes. I know where this leads. Yeah. You know, and the people that got out in 1937, you know, when the writing was on the wall, 38, mm-hmm. those people survived. And the other people were like, oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Your paper's no good. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you have friends in high places that bought you out and created a passport and maybe in 38, 39, but by 1940 people were just getting slaughtered, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and yeah, I, I know that, but my dad and my girlfriend are like, look, we got to stay and fight. Mm-hmm. We can't just leave this country to fall apart. Yeah. We have to stay and fight. Yes, and yes. Like, and that question became very clear to me in that moment. I knew exactly what stay and fight means. Mm-hmm. Sophie Scholl and the White Rose. Yes, yeah. They stayed and fight, fought yeah. and they died. Mm-hmm. But also lots of people stayed and fought. Swing kids. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they went into camps. If you were Jewish and a swing kid, mm-hmm. your odds of survival were not as good mm-hmm. as if you were not Jewish and you were a swing kid, you know, but people, those were people that listened to American and British jazz mm-hmm. despite the law, yeah. which was you could not play Glenn Miller on the piano like my mom did with the mm-hmm. window open. You'd go to jail and be breaking big rocks into the little rocks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah, we, we all know that on a deep cellular level. Mm-hmm was happening and we get to make choices right now yeah and what i ended up just saying was like okay i'm gonna do my best to, to stay and fight mm-hmm. but also there's this other thing the other choice is live to fight another day yeah um if we take care of ourselves sometimes you have to duck out and then you you know the dalai lama he ducked out he didn't get killed he still continues to lead mm-hmm. 
from safe places around the world for decades. Mm-hmm. Well, he could have stayed and been murdered, and the Chinese want to pick the next Dalai Lama. They're like, we'll figure that guy out, thanks. Mm-hmm. Not, not you. Tibetans, you don't know shit about Buddhism. We do. <laughs> really? Okay. Um, but yeah, you don't have to stay and fight. Yeah. That is your personal choice. And whatever you choose is going to be the best way for you to choose. Yeah. There's no shame in hiding or leaving. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Whew. Sorry. No, <laughs> please. Like no. Too much. No, this is, I mean, the show, I pretty much go over story, news articles, and I mean, this is kind of par for the course with the, with this show. Yeah. So. Okay, good. It's, I think it's also just important. I'd rather hear the truth than a lot of fluff and talk about things that don't necessarily matter. Right. So, and it's, it's good to hear it and to have these conversations. And I encourage listeners out there to have these conversations with folks in your life. Because it was also really validating too. Like even if there's fear and discomfort, to recognize that we're not alone in this and we're experiencing this together, and that that helps a lot. Right, and a lot of this is also about my dad's side of the family, which is we discussed when you were playing some music mm-hmm. is um, Indians and Catholics mm-hmm. and colonization mm. and what you were talking about. It's too hard to talk about trauma sometimes. I know my mom didn't cover every detail of all the fucked upness that happened when the communists the Russians came in and mm-hmm. raped as many German women as they could. My mom was 16 at the time. I'm sure like she didn't emerge unscathed. And then the Americans also helped themselves mm-hmm. to German women. She did share some details with me about that, which was like the complexity of like, you're being saved and you with your body are going to pay. <sighs> you're going to pay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, my great-grandfather said he was half-breed, as he called himself. He was born on a reservation, but he mm-hmm. didn't get into it any more than that. He mm-hmm. was just alluding to his ancestry. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen pictures, many pictures of him. He's clearly a brown man. His parents are white. His siblings are white. So, you know... Me and my dad have like tried to figure out, well, what really happened there? And mm-hmm. then also on my grandmother's side, the guy that restored the missions in California is the guy that carried my grandma to an orphanage and dropped her off with a huge trust fund. And we're like, and he was in charge of a bunch of Indian schools. And he's like, I don't know, your mom died in childbirth and your dad was a, you know, a Spanish merchant marine. So they're both dead now. And. Here you go, but stay in touch with me and call me Padre. So we're like, was he the dad? Did he help himself to someone at the Indian schools? So the point of all, there's a bunch of poems, and that's called Stolen Histories, Mm -hmm. about how our histories have been whitewashed because of fear Mm -hmm. and because of trauma Mm -hmm. and because of like outright stealing of taking kids out of their communities and putting them in Indian schools and Mm -hmm. like beating them if they spoke their own language, Mm -hmm. how it was not cool to say, Hey, you know what? I'm Indian. This is my tribe. These are our ways. Mm -hmm. And to pass that on Mm -hmm. to your children 
was not acceptable. If you wanted your children to survive in America or at the turn of the century, you didn't talk about that. Mm -hmm. So the point of all this, I feel like for me writing about it is to go, it's so weird to even want to explore that because you don't want to get Elizabeth Warren, you know, <laughs> you don't want to be like, oh, are you trying to like look at your ancestry.com situation and be like co-opting people's uh, experience when you yourself are not suffering? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You are not living on a reservation. You're not a brown person. You're not being deprived of just everyday amenities. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a rich white lady in Texas, so calm down. Don't even talk about it. And so I feel like it's a very personal, private search. Mm -hmm. But we all have to go through it. And we also have to look at our DNA is full of assholes, rapists, killers, Mm -hmm. colonialists, Mm -hmm. and also the people that were hurt at the hands of those people. Yes. So we're made up of... All the shit that is going on right now. Yeah. Good, evil, you know, victims, perpetrators. Mm-hmm. That's all. We're all, we're just swimming in that all the time. Wow. You know, you don't get to be like, oh, oh, if I look back through my history, I might find some slavers. I might find some shit I don't want to look at. Well, then what? Mm-hmm. What do you do then? Kill yourself? No. You actually have power and privilege and you can use that Mm -hmm. to help others and it takes a strong person to look at the reality of your history and the possibilities of all your ancestors Mm -hmm. and to say well what am I going to do with that Mm -hmm. you know I'm not wearing a white hat or black hat or you know Should I read something? Oh, yes. Yes, I'm just... uh, Okay. Yeah, I was uh, thinking about what you were saying. Let's see, let's see. It's called Padre. The priest had decided to restore the missions. Famous men get favors and keep secrets. He was a Catholic celebrity. Scandalously performed the Hoover's wedding ceremony. The Hoover's were Protestant, as presidents needed to be, and therefore could never be married by a Catholic, but their Protestant minister called in sick on their wedding day in Carmel. And Padre was just the guy, a personal friend who rewrote Indian history and lifted up the memory of men who committed genocide and slavery and threw Indian children in Christian schools and called them Indian schools to teach a person to forget their language. He took the Indian girl because he could. Rules did not apply. That was also one of my great-grandfathers. Besides great-grandfather Bert, I'm the offspring of rapists and half-breeds. Indian is in my DNA. Entitlement is in my DNA. Lies are in my DNA. Rape is in my DNA. Everyone knew their Indianness, which could get invalidated by science or validated by grandma's premature white streak, which is Indian, or that intense stare that she and the priest and dad and I share, which is rapist, but also hustler, high flyer, hotshot, self-starter. It could all be acknowledged, integrated, honored, hated. You could know about dirty corners or red heritage, whitewashed. You could imagine the illusion of separation. You could be made of evil and beauty. Oh, wow. Wow. I mean, a lot of that, 
that stuff is conjecture because that's what we're left with. Mm-hmm. We're like, I don't really know the story. Yeah. So I fill in blanks. Yeah. And that's why it's poetry. Mm-hmm. Not, it's not memoir. It's mm-hmm. not fact. Yeah. I can't back it up because the Catholic Church isn't going to let me look at that guy's DNA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. they would be like, oh, he, he didn't have sex. He's a Catholic priest. Plus, he was a famous one. Hmm. <laughs> so you're definitely not going to know anything about hiding. that guy. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, just like a, a look, a hard but gentle look at reality. Yeah. Going back and going forward in time is what I hope this book encourages yeah. for all of us. Yeah. Knowing's not better than knowing is better than not knowing, mm-hmm. but also just imagining. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes you don't know. Yeah. I don't really know past, like I think my great grandparents. So right. it's, yeah, it's difficult to have a sense of what their lives were like, who these people were. And yeah, I have more questions than answers. I think a lot of the time, and I, I do wonder how much that informs how I look at the world and also this idea of wanting to run away sometimes. Like, Am I reenacting this because that's what I've... I don't know if it's a, a Jewish thing where there is that sense of folks having to leave where they've been in some cases or not quite knowing what feels like home. And then I think also just recognizing that we're on stolen land here in yeah. in the United States and how to make sense of that and how to give back and then where to even go. Like I bunk into whole conversation about <laughs> how ugh, just like anti-Zionism and like I, I'm an anti-Zionist and also how that's conflated with anti-Semitism and it's the whole, the, the, the Jewish diaspora, I guess, is just a whole, it's a big conversation that can last a really long time. And it's, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I don't really feel like I have a, a home necessarily like I don't you know like the earth is my home and that's about it but I don't necessarily believe in states or nations or anything like that at all and like how to maybe how as as human as humanity how can we move to a place like that where everyone belongs everywhere if that makes sense I don't know I feel like I'm talking myself into a circle no it's that's just what it is that's- I have more more questions than answers and it feel yeah so recognizing oh my my grandparents came over here to escape Violence, and then also recognizing by being here and being raised here that I am on stolen land. So then where, where does one go from there, I guess, is what I'm trying, what I've been grappling with for quite a while. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, the key is just acknowledging. Yeah. Acknowledging truth, acknowledging privilege and power and saying, okay, well, we're here now. And we're all here. Yeah. In, on this planet in these spots together so how can we make all boats rise right yeah that's all (laughs) (laughs) wow oh goodness yeah well also i love how science uh they've been looking at with ancient dna they're looking at a lot of like migration stuff Mm -hmm. and how people came from different parts of the planet and like uh I was just reading an article about, I don't know if I should even begin because I don't know enough details, but there was this place 
called Remote Oceana, which is like okay. Asian Pacific Islands mm-hmm. where people from Papua New Guinea and people from, I feel like maybe China came down and into these islands mm-hmm. over millennia yeah. and, you know, mixed in layers mm-hmm. of taking over each other's land. Hmm. I'm sure it wasn't always friendly. Sure, sure. They're like, you know what? We live here now. But yeah. what does we live here now look like? It looks like, well, and now we're going to we're gonna take your women. We're going to put our culture in mm-hmm. here. And we're going to do it with our bodies. So that mm-hmm. you start to show a genetic change, mm-hmm. the DNA change and stuff. And... That happened thousands of years ago. It continues to happen. Yeah. How can we change that trajectory? It seems really impossible when jerks are doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And when you look at, like, what's that Ayn Rand book? Atlas Shrugged? Yeah, all that, you know, that libertarian yes, yeah. like, yeah. well, the, the rich inventors, they need to run the world because they're the great ones that are making the things happen and everybody else is just cannon fodder, so shut it. Um, seems so predestined, fucked. Mm-hmm. But you know what? It isn't. The other thing I like about science is the other day I read an article about how uh, they used to think that if you went into a black hole, mm-hmm. theoretically, you would just be stretched and to dis- and disintegrate okay. and die. But now they're th- saying, no, actually what could happen if you went into a black hole is that your one future would become infinite possibilities. Ooh, I infinite like that. Infinite futures. And I'm like, well, that's where we're at already right now. Yeah. And, uh, the gal- and galaxies are this circular shape mm-hmm. because they're spinning around a black hole. Huh. That's the gravitational pull of the black hole. And also there's this dark matter that's holding it in mm-hmm. that wouldn't be enough energy. It wouldn't be enough gravity to make it continue to spin like that for millions and billions of years. So... And that there's, have you ever seen the pictures of like a, it's light shooting out of the middle of a galaxy and going up and down? I don't think I have. That's apparently when a black hole is just eating up stars and then spits them out. Okay. It's too many stars for it to even suck in. Huh. So it spews them out again. The Hubble telescope is out there showing us so much of what is happening here as well mm-hmm. because as above so below yeah that's true and we're so small comparatively and i think that's something i want to try to remember more often is that like, it's so we're so minuscule in the whole grand scheme of things and we also have the potential to make a change to affect the world around us well and the butterfly effect yes the yes theory is that if you meditate Five minutes a day. Yeah. You are going to have an effect on the energy of the world, the multiverse. Yeah. So let it begin with me. Yeah. Meditating is great. Just do 
do your little tiny supposedly insignificant thing. Yeah. It might it might be significant in some way. Indeed. Yeah. Well how about we take another music break? Yeah, let's that do sounds it. good to you. Great. All right. Get some more homobiles up here. And let's see. Let's see who this other one is. What's the other? Oh, okay. The other record down here. Is that it? Uh, Burning Rubber? Uh, no, my first homobile. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I think that's the one that's up right now. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Burning Rubber. Yeah, like oh, okay. Great. That's the name of the record. But is it popping up? Oh, yeah, I think it's just a little bit Great. slow today. Oh, these technical issues here. Hold down. And while we're getting the music Extra ready... Extra Romanical's good love song. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. And we'll be back in a little bit as soon as this gets going. <laughs> oh, here we go. Yeah. Oh. Let's... <laughs> Homo safe is good. Great. It's how you like... Tell me you got homo kids. Tell me you got Tell me that you got your mates. 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 You got your baseball bat wrapped up in the trans flag. Got your granny's hat pin. You said maniacal laughing.
your blend Tell me that you got your mace Tell me you got home okay Tell me you got homo And welcome back to the weekly review. Oh, goodness. So we're hearing some music from the Homemobiles, and you can check out, buy their album at, if you go to uh, thehomobiles.bandcamp.com, and this was from the album uh, Burning Rubber. Burning Rubber. And that that yeah. was actually a song that we uh, made a video of. Oh, yeah. And we brought all the degenerates and trans ladies and, like femmes and everyone with weapons and then we had like nazis getting their ass kicked by queers Yay. and steph joy like sacrificed her car to be beaten to death by baseball bats by trans flag baseball bats it was kind of epic and then we had a bunch of like second thoughts about whether or not that was going to be cool we were like uh-oh because one of the things is honey mahogany mm-hmm um, who is, as you know, a powerhouse in San Francisco city workings and is also a star of RuPaul's Drag Race. But anyway, she was in it, and she was spraying Antifa on the hood of the car, spray uh-huh. painting it. And we edited that out because we were like, oh, that was right at the point where they were like, oh, Antifa is a terrorist group, and we can't, and this and that and the other. And we were just like... Are we going to get, like, doxxed? Are we going to get, you know, like, there's, when, as we're doing this stuff, we're not just charging ahead blithely going, like, mm-hmm. da, 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 this is fun. <laughs> we're also like, oh, shit. Yeah. What's going to happen? I keep looking at your shirt for you, Chelsea Manning, oh. going like, okay, well, Sally Forth. <laughs> that's my drag name oh, okay. um, just kidding um, but uh, anyway we did put it out it's been in a couple of little theater showings and it's stuff a, it's a great video I think I saw it at the Trans Film Fest yeah, this past did you, year yeah did you like it oh I loved it it's great I wish that was like a an element in every video and movie just like Nazis getting their asses kicked by trans folks <laughs> Or like, let alone movies. I mean, it could be like a real life thing, too. I don't. I mean, that's well. You have to be ready. Yeah, you have to be ready to defend your own body, right? And the bodies of your friends yes. and community. I feel like definitely. And if you can de-escalate, great. Mm-hmm. But this song is about showing up mm-hmm. for yourself and your loved ones. Mm-hmm. And not letting, you know, shit go down yeah. in a way it shouldn't go down. Yeah. You know, I'm a, sure, I'm a pacifist, uh-huh. And also, walk softly and carry a big stick. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so the homobiles, as opposed to homobiles, the ride service, right. the band is called the, the homobiles. homobiles. There's a determiner in front of it. That's how you know. I don't know. Branding. Uh, America. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, the homobiles have a couple of shows coming up. One is um, going to be at Bottom of the Hill with Team Dresh. Oh, yeah. And, wow. Yeah, soon. And then another show is going to be opening for Pansy Division <gasps> at the Ivy Room. Oh, wow. I think both of those are around in June or something. Yeah, they're both in June. Um, 
But anyway, you can find out more about that on the Book of Faces. And um, maybe someone you know is on the Book of Faces, even though you no longer are because you're that cool. But um, we don't have an actual... Do we have a website? I think we do have a website, too. There's homobiles.org. That is the ride service website. Mm -hmm. And then there's thehomobilesprobably.com or something, which is the band. Okay. So you should be able to find out more about those shows there and um if you want to hear me read more from this book Mm -hmm. and also hear carmen white who used to be in cypher in the snow read from her new book then you can come to city lights bookstore april 3rd which is coming up in less than a week on wednesday wow craziness And, uh, yeah, I'll be reading from 45 Thought Crimes, and she will be reading from her new book as well. Excellent. And she is quite brilliant. Um, In the 90s, Cypher in the Snow was um, (laughs) – what? Well, there was a bunch of dyke bands in the 90s and Carmen was in several of them Mm -hmm. and continues to be in bands but now she just put out her first book of poetry which is really gorgeous Um, and it's self-published and I think you can you can find it online Mm -hmm. just look up Carmen White Um, what else if you want to get a homobile, oh, yeah, yeah. you have to pre-book it these okay. days because, I mean, Lyft and Uber went above and beyond the call of duty, and they have apps, and they have billions of dollars, and mm-hmm. they're global enterprises now, mm-hmm. even though they did get their idea from, you know, us. Yep. But yep. that's okay. I'm glad that people can get a ride anywhere on the planet in sure. three minutes or less, so that's fabulous. Um, but if you ever do want a homobile, because you prefer a homobile or because maybe you want to get to or from your doctor's appointment in Mm -hmm. the process of your transition or something, uh, in which case it's covered by a grant, um, then you'll want to pre-book it. It's often best if you pre-book it at least 24 hours in advance Mm -hmm. just to make sure because we're super short crude now. Mm -hmm. We don't have a ton of drivers just hanging out on every corner like we used to Mm -hmm. um, in our heyday. But we are still available if we know in advance sure. that you're going to want us. And are you looking to hire drivers? Yes, we are. We need drivers real bad. And especially East Bay folks, but okay. also San Francisco folks, everybody. who And especially if you're already driving for those big Other companies. ride shares. Yeah. Uh, they call them ride shares, but they're not sharing anything. No. Um, <laughs> but we are. If you want to also um, give an occasional ride for homobiles in and amongst all your other uh, big money-making endeavors. We really want you to come and serve homobiles, and you get paid. Generally, it's like a buck a minute suggested donation. No one turned mm-hmm. away for lack of funds. Mm-hmm. Most people do donate, um, and if they don't, again, we'll fill in the blanks for you and cover it because of grant money. Excellent. And also, we're looking for grant writers all the time. Okay. Um, Aria Saeed, who oh yeah, yeah, she, she's been on the show before. I love yeah. her so much. She um, is now the executive director of the um, Compton's 
transgender cultural center in the Tenderloin. Mm-hmm. But she often helps me write grants and get money for homobiles. She's on the board of homobiles. Uh, but she's a very busy lady. Sure. So anybody else that feels like you're brilliant at grant speak that wants to help me because I'm a poet and sometimes people that hand out millions of dollars aren't interested in poetry they want grant speak so if you know how to do that come on down cool you can find me um, at the book of faces just direct message me and if you aren't on the book of faces what is the best way to get a hold of me contact your pal who's on the book of faces and then I'll give you my phone number thanks yeah I'm really grateful for homobiles and it's been a really helpful service for myself and for friends of mine who have taken it yeah we've gotten you to all kinds of fancy things well yeah you're a movie star oh uh, yeah I don't know I don't know I don't know you're super dedicated you get up at three in the morning when they when they're early calls then yeah for sure so hopefully there there will be more in the future. What I love about taking you to your early calls in, yeah. in Marin County is that then on the way back, I get to stop on some mm-hmm. dirt road and I look mm-hmm. at the sunrise through the hills and over San Francisco. And those are times of day when you're doing a homobiles ride sometimes yeah. that you would not normally be up. Mm-hmm. So... Shout out to people who want to experience the world at all hours of the day and night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really grateful for, you know, those, those of us who don't have cars, it's super helpful to mm-hmm. to get by. So thank you mm-hmm. for providing that service for so many people. Yes, happy to. <sighs> well, all right. All, it's all about getting each other homo safe, yeah? Yes, indeed. Well, we can uh, begin to wrap up the program unless there's anything else you'd like to share. Uh, let me see. Yeah, feel free to read some more. And we can also play some more music. And I can. Let's see here. Okay. Um, here's a quickie How to Write a Book and Explain Everything. Books write themselves. All you have to do is ride your bike up a hill while talking to the dead, especially today and say thank you to every friend and grandma who crossed and every beast that ever died on your watch. That whole litter of kittens when you never fixed the cats because you were high and they came here with their tabs for ears just long enough to teach you the body is finite but love isn't, to let go, that you have no control, that sometimes your stay here is short. And as each tiny cat died, you buried them in the backyard. And that one who was coughing, you put next to the heater in the bathroom And when you looked in the morning, he was dead and you cried so hard. That one. You got to thank that one and say you're sorry you did it wrong. And thanks. And you hope he comes back as a Butch Dyke's dog. Then just open the laptop, stare, start typing. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me, buddy. Yeah. So let's do a a quick, um, like to promote some upcoming events for folks as well. So on Saturday, March 30th, which is tomorrow, there's a Surge SF Dialogue. And that's uh, Dialogues is a facilitated gathering for white anti-racists who want to explore and discuss issues of identity, community privilege, and racism in in our lives with the intention of to strengthen our practice as anti-racists in alliances, relationships, and interactions with people of color as we work for personal and collective liberation. 
this space is not exclusively for white people, but acknowledges that white people have the most to learn and makes a space for that learning. $10 suggested donation. And this is uh, through Surge. So if you email them, uh, they will provide the location. And that's, uh, again, Saturday tomorrow from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. And moving along, there's also... Um, uh, I'm going to move on to the next thing here. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, Red Power, Internationalism, and National Liberation, which is an event happening at the Eastside Arts Alliance in Oakland. And that's tonight, Friday, March 29th, from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. There's also a rally in March for Gaza, which is tomorrow from... That's Saturday, March 30th, from noon to 3 p.m. at the 24th Street Mission BART Plaza. And there's also... At the Sierra Club, Antidotes to White Fragility Workshop, Sunday, March 31st, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., and there's quite a bit more. And we'll also post these on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash weekly rev, with lots of other uh, news stories and events. And also, uh, so we're broadcasting live from Mutiny Radio. If folks would like to support the radio station, feel free to donate. We also have a Patreon up uh, for this particular show, patreon.com forward slash weekly rev. Lots of great uh, programs and shows here at the station. And I also want to acknowledge that we are on Ohlone land. And if you're in the East Bay, and uh, we encourage you to check out the Sagora Tay Land Trust, and you can check that out at uh, S-O-G-O-R-E-A-T-E-LandTrust.com. And it's about uh, paying back to the, the land that we're on. And so there's much more information on the website, and we've shared that also on the Weekly Review webpage as well. So yeah, lots of information out there. Lynn, thanks so much for being here. I'm talking a lot. I know it's the radio, thanks and that's the, that's the medium when it's supposed to talk. Anyway, <laughs> there's a lot going on in my mind at the moment, so grateful for, for you for being here, and thank you for sharing your, your book and your thanks music. And I will sign off by playing the Tribe 8 version <laughs> of Rise Above, which I intended to play earlier. And uh, yeah, so thanks all folks for listening, and we will be back next week. So... Thanks for listening.
hide guests. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is Darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Yeah. 
Welcome. Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5. Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, Punk Rock and Schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Bender's is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Bender's Bar and Grill. Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Novoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips. Don't know anything about it. Sorry. All so, on my limited view. Yes. Every Tuesday from 12 to 2. Uh, oh, you can if you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah. And Google Play. And Stitcher. iTunes. Oh, you already said that. Tune in radio. Uh, Stitcher, you said that. Spotify. Oh, my God. There's just so many. And Overcast. Um, yes. You can also find us on social media. M as in Mary. L as in Larry. P as in Peter podcast mov podcast is our handle until next time i hope you're enjoying your view yes bye bye that, that kind of sucked balls good evening there my friends here at mutiny radio chester cashcock here and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there and uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere fun. $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be 
Like in front of an audience? Like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Mutiny Radio listener, it's that time of year again. March 1st through 5th, it's time for the 4th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Over 40 comics, 25 shows, 5 days, all here at Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street at Florida Street. 25 shows, 5 days, amazing comics from all over the United States here in San Francisco to entertain you with 25 differently themed shows hosted by local San Francisco comedians bringing you comedians from all over the United States here. Everything will be live, live streaming and podcast post. Get your tickets, $10 a show, 25 shows, a million laughs. It's the fourth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival brought to you by Benders, Counter Offer and Subliminal SF. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you.
one, two. 